Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, Warrior, I appreciate you jumping in to listen to this. I take it that you have missed some of the recordings and live sessions from Solar Power International, North America Smart Energy Week 2020. If that is true, well, then tune in here and you'll hear the latest from our weekly roundup series. This is from October 24th, week six out of the full week seven, which we are now fully into right now. And hey, if you enjoy this, why don't you check out our live broadcast coming this Friday. That's right. This Friday, the day before Halloween, October 30th, we will have our final of the seven weeks of Suncast SPI 2020 Weekly Roundup at 4.30 p.m. with Josh Porter from Solar Coaster, myself, and several other guests. I hope that you'll join us for the final Suncast Weekly Roundup presented by LG Solar, Friday, 4.30. Without further ado, here's the Weekly Roundup from last week. Hi there. Welcome back to North America Smart Energy Week and this week's Suncast Weekly Roundup presented by LG Solar. I'm Nico Johnson. And I'm Josh Porter. Uh, and we are already in week six of our weekly roundup. I can hardly believe it, man. It Time is flying. And as some of you who are astutely watching and have been with us for the past six weeks will recognize the spot over there is not being held by Glenda. We want to give a huge congratulations and warm welcome into the world to Glenda and Daryl's brand new baby. And want to say thank you so much to Glenda for all the amazing work she did in preparation for leaving on maternity leave to ensure that the weekly roundup was in good hands. And those good hands are now Mr. Josh Porter. Josh, it's great to have the dynamic duo back together again in studio. Aloha, Nico, and uh, congratulations, Glenda and family. And yeah, it's, it feels like SPI days of old, my friend. It does indeed. It does indeed. So for those who perhaps weren't paying attention last year or don't listen to the Suncast podcast and Solar Coaster Radio, uh, Josh and I did a daily roundup at the end of every day of SPI last year, and it was a lot of fun. We were joined by your co-host, Jason Vierkart, and a, a bevy of other uh, industry friends, and, uh, and it was a lot of fun. So we're trying to actually recreate that uh, all along here with the weekly roundup. Well, this week is the virtual trade show as we have been talking about and as we've been promoting and maybe you've seen our LinkedIn lives that Josh and I've held for the last two days. And there's so much information. Josh, have you caught up on everything yet? <laughs> Not even close. I'll tell you, though, it has been great uh, to check out the different streams, check out your uh, your amazing debate last night and uh, my ESG debate content aired today and then a bunch of other friends you know it's good to reconnect so you can see their content coming online from time to time uh there's a lot of neat stuff out there we did hear recently that there's going to be uh the the exhibit hall is going to continue to be open for two months did i hear that correctly so wait a second yeah. it's not over <laughs> through the end of the year spi just keeps 
on giving. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Well, stay tuned all the way through the end of the show, and you can learn how you can win a drone in our On the Horizon giveaway brought to you by our friends at IDEMATech. But first, we're going to jump into the industry pulse. LG's Brian Lynch is back again for this week's exciting segment. Yeah, that's right, Nico. Each week, Brian's going one-on-one with an industry expert to get hot takes on the latest topics impacting our industry. Let's head over to Brian and see who's standing by with this week's Industry Pulse. Welcome to Industry Pulse, sponsored by LG. I'm Brian Lynch, the Director of Solar and Energy Storage Sales. I'm joined by Ken Lachlan this week, Senior Portfolio Advisor and U.S. Policy Analyst Director for Impact Asset Management. And we're having a fascinating conversation about the state of the market and where it's headed. Ken, thanks for joining me. For those that don't know Impact Asset Management, would you mind just sharing a little bit about the organization, who you are, and your background in the industry? Of course. Thanks, Brian, and, and thanks for the opportunity. Impacts has uh, been in business over 20 years now. We currently manage uh, more than $26 billion in assets. And what's unique about the organization is it's entirely focused in focusing on investing for investors who understand that there is a transition under which the global economy is, is playing out, which will move us increasingly towards sustainability. From your industry expertise, what should we as an industry be doing? What can we learn from what the fossil fuels did well for so many years to really secure that long-term position to make sure it's not a 2020 or 2021 phenomenon? That's a great question, Brian. And, and the answer, frankly, is uh, to be on the right side of history. And you are. Um, it, it is the case that the fossil fuel industry from its inception needed to find ways to manage competition and protect margins. Um, And it knew for half a century, I think, that there were serious flaws to its fundamental product and it it needed to work around those or hide them. So the key is, I think, to be good at doing what you're doing and providing this critical new energy resource to the planet. But now that we're supplanting baseload power generation, the conversation is all about energy storage. I get asked almost every day, you know, when will the cost declines happen in energy storage? And how will we see that transform the solar industry going forward? It's clear the answer to your specific question about when storage is going to be, you know, a price where it's relevant is it was yesterday, it is today, and it'll be even more relevant tomorrow. The prices are dropping. Uh, Bloomberg Energy Finance tells us the prices are dropping at about the same rate as solar prices. And most recently, they've been dropping faster than solar prices on a year-on-year basis. Uh, the topic of environmental, social, and governance investing, or ESG, has obviously been at the forefront of impacts asset management. Um, what's your view of how this investment thesis looks in 2021 and going forward? Because I seem to be hearing about it more and more with each passing day. You are, and, and frankly, if you were in the business, you'd be hearing about it even more each passing day. It, it's become quite a, a trend, and that's a wonderful thing. And what's happening now is mainstream investors are beginning to see the value, and in particular, their clients. Individual investors are are saying they want to have the opportunity to make investments in companies that are dedicated to addressing the whole range of ESG issues, as they should. And that's what's making the investment process more sustainable, even as we're transitioning to a more sustainable economy. What are trends that you don't think we're paying attention to 
from an industry perspective that you're seeing that might have an outsized impact over the next 10 or so years? Um, the World Economic Outlook of IEA has projected that 80% of all the new energy deployed over the next 30 years will be in solar. And so you are becoming now the legacy industry. You need to operate that way. It means that you have to pay more attention to getting the best product at the best cost for your clients and worry less about any minor advantage that some competitor may steal with a better advertising campaign or a specific site location. It's a much bigger game that's being played out. How do we not become complacent as we become the major power generation source going forward? It's a terrific, that's a terrific question, actually. And I think the answer is that as solar becomes the dominant energy resource, innovators will look for ways to do solar better. There'll be people looking for new options, but they're just likely to fall inside the solar space. And that's going to mean that every solar company is going to have to do the very best it can to control costs, deliver top value. And frankly, that's the kind of performance that will draw attention from investors and will get support from the public over time. I'd like to thank Ken Lachlan of Impacts Asset Management for joining us for this week's Industry Pulse. Really great conversation. Really appreciate the time and your insights. Uh, had a lot of fun. And now I'd like to send it back to Nico and Josh in the studio. All right. Thanks, Brian. You know, it's really amazing to hear from one of the founders of Acor. And every time I get a chance to listen to Ken, I, I'd soak it up and I learn a ton about what trends to watch for. I hope that you also learned a ton as well. Yeah, Ken and Brian certainly helped uh, give a sense of confidence that we're handling it well, Nico. Okay, it's time to join our first guest. Let's jump inside the green room. Okay, we're going to kick off this week's Inside the Green Room with Daisy Meyer, Training and Service Program Manager for Grid Alternatives. Daisy, fantastic to have you in the green room with us. Great to be here today. You know, I love the session that you led this week for the online virtual conference all about the workforce that needs to be developed in the solar plus decade. Daisy, it was a 20-minute overall presentation. I'd love to know what were the nuggets that you really hope the viewers glean and come away with as a result of your presentation? Yeah, absolutely. So the theme was growing the solar plus decade of workforce. And so we're, when we think about growth, we really think about numbers. Numbers is what comes to mind first. Or maybe people think about let's grow diversity because we've learned that diversity is really important. Even for the bottom line, we have a more profitable company and we have a diverse workforce. But when we focus on, hey, we want to grow our workforce, what we actually need to focus on is how do we focus on creating a workforce where we are nurturing it and enriching it so that people want to be at our company and so that people stay at our company? So if you want to really focusing on growing, you need to be focusing on how do you make your workforce an equitable and inclusive workforce that people are wanting to be a part of? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really important and timely topic given the, uh, the overarching uh, period of growth that we're experiencing in the industry and the meta conversation nationally about diversity and equity overall in, in our broader culture of the United States. So if equity, if I understand you correctly, if equity and inclusion begets growth and diversity, could you give us some key steps or maybe first steps to focus on around that topic of equity and inclusion? 
Yeah. I mean, even from when somebody gets in the door, you want to make sure that you have recruiting practices that are inclusive. How are you even finding your workforce? So a lot of workforce and a lot of recruitment now comes from referrals, but who is it that is referring other people? And so there are different ways and avenues where you can find people like job fairs and community organizations and community colleges. And then even through that hiring practice, you want to make sure that your recruiters are aware of how to actually bring somebody through that process in a way that doesn't put them off or feel like they are not really going to be welcome in that environment. So recruiting processes that um, the recruiters have unconscious bias training, your recruiters represent the communities that you are trying to bring into your workforce. So starting with recruitment is really helpful. But then even once somebody's on the team, you're going to want to make sure that you have managers that also are creating that environment. And so there are some really great resources out there for management training. So many of us become managers because we're great individual contributors. And then all of a sudden we're a manager and we don't know what we're doing necessarily all the time when we're trying to be a good manager. So having management training where you're really learning how to include your team and figuring out, okay, who, who is putting, being put on this task and why are they being put on this task? What are my unconscious biases? How do I really make a team where people are feeling included and can grow within the company and who's missing? I've been wondering, what's your least favorite solar asset management activity. You know, those daily, weekly, sometimes monthly deliverables that you just have to check off the list but can be such a drag. Well, let me tell you how to press the easy button and get going on the work that really matters by automating your invoicing and ticketing and reporting with PowerHub. Focus on the work that you wanna do. Take the boring stuff off your plate with PowerHub. You can go to powerhub.com forward slash suncast to learn more. Hey, have you been looking for a clever way to get on Suncast? Well, here's your chance. We've got a new segment called Suncast Weekly Roundup presented by LG Solar, and it's a part of the all-new microconference experience at North America Smart Energy Week 2020. You can learn more at mysuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020. You can register with our discount code to get 15% off. You can share your takeaways for a chance to win fun prizes and follow along. And as I said, you never know, you might even end up on one of the segments, but you got to participate to win. Hope you'll join us. MySuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020. See you there. Have you been searching for that perfect rule that gets you into clean energy or maybe transitions your career to the next level? Might I invite you to check out LightSource BP. That's right, the global company focused on solar energy and low carbon economies, backed by one of the largest energy companies in the world. From strategy around the world to action locally, you can be inspired and be the change by joining LightSource BP. By choosing a career at LightSource BP, you will join a team that truly cares about creating a more sustainable future for our world through safe, and meaningful low-carbon energy projects. Learn more and find out what career awaits you at lightsourcebp.com forward slash careers. 
Well, all right, here we are with our second guest in the green room, Mr. Robert Broadwater, Chief Technology Officer at EDD, also known as Electrical Distribution Design. Robert, thank you for joining us in the green room after a fascinating session on DER integration at SPI. Well, thank, thank you for having me, Nika. The topic that you spoke on with Sharon, it's one of those topics that could easily be expounded upon much beyond 20 minutes. We only have a few minutes, and the, the name of the session, for those who want to go back and watch it, was called Leveraging Simulation Best Practices to Support Resilient DER. Can you give us a sense of the complexity involved in the work that you're undertaking? Um, I, I, I Sure, I can try. In this new world that we have, where we have these, we're working with one, one utility that has 90,000 PVs connected to the system. This mm -hmm. new world has hundreds of thousands, millions of small generators connected to the system. And uh, a lot of them are connected, you know, at, at, at customer sites. Most of them are, that's where they actually are. Mm -hmm. So in order to manage that complexity, we build a model of the entire system from every generator in the system all the way up through the transmission system. And um, one project, we're even combining the models of two different utilities that are neighbors into one single large model. And, uh, but we want to use that model and the project that we're working on uh, with PEPCO. We want to, we want to use that model that goes all the way from transmission through secondary distribution. We want to use it for uh, all of the various analysis. We want to use it for looking at the uh, voltage stability of the system, making sure we're, we're not going to have a voltage stability problem. We want to use it to detect abnormalities if mm -hmm. we're asking the PV generators to do something, then they're not doing it. Why aren't they doing it? Yeah. Uh, we want to use that model to uh, forecast what's going to be happening over the next 24 hours. And then in great detail, what's going to be happening, say, over the next 30 minutes. For every PV generator, we're going to be getting a forecast that goes for 30 minutes, every 30 minutes. And that forecast is going to have one-minute step sizes. Wow. And uh, we're going to be using that forecast to make uh, real-time control decisions, and those mm -hmm. control decisions are going to be model-based. The uh, control that the inverters will be working to try to accomplish will coordinate with the control that the utility devices are working to try to accomplish, and that control will coordinate through the physics of the power flow solution that we have on that system. The main thrust of the presentation was around best practices. And I feel for the uninitiated, they may not even understand why such modeling for DER integration is meaningful. Could you give maybe one or two practical applications at a utility level for those who might not be clear on how these models will be actually used? We use the models in order to figure out how much PV can we put out there without creating a problem. Yeah, the, the, typically, the, you know, the problems can be overload problem or a voltage problem, but how much can we put out there without creating a problem? This is um, going to help speed up the interconnection as well as the permit application process. It does. And, and one of the utilities we're working with, they allow a consultant to log into the same model that their planning engineers use run their analysis on, on putting that large PV on the system. And, and actually, the report, the, the model never leaves their site. The model is very secure. It never leaves the utility site. The consultant's able to do his work. He's in sync with the planning engineers there. And the consultant wow. produces a report that actually uh, never has to leave the utility. It sets right there on the utility's uh, computer. 
So it really speeds up and makes everything really well coordinated in uh, being able to expedite these approvals and make sure everybody's on the same page because you're using one model across all your functions and you're sharing that one model with the consultants. And if there's a problem in the model, you fix it and everybody gets the fix. Wow. Well, times have certainly changed in modeling how these distributed resources are, in fact, being integrated. We're lucky to have someone like you, Dr. Broadwater, to give us greater insight. Thank you for sharing not only with the SPI community, but here on the weekly roundup. We look forward to having you back at some point in the future. Thank you, Nico. Uh, I'm here, Josh Porter from the Solar Coaster, with a good friend and longtime contributor and friends of the Solar Coaster radio show, Ms. Gwen Yamamoto Lau, Executive Director of HGIA. Welcome to the show, Gwen. Hey, I'm good. How are you, Josh? Doing really well, thank you. Doing really well. Now, I understand that you have uh, just conducted a session powering the solar uh, LMI, which is the low moderate income market with on-bill financing. Uh, what were some of the key insights uh, that you hope attendees took away from that session? Yeah, so, you know, I think uh, some of the key insights that I hope they take, they take away is the amazing services provided by Miguel Yanis at the uh, Environmental and Energy Study Institute, which is available nationwide to help utilities adopt on-bill financing programs. Um, I also hope that a takeaway is the realization that on-bill repayment mechanisms can be a game changer for ratepayers, especially underserved ratepayers to democratize clean energy, as well as lenders and investors to mitigate risks. In addition to creating a uh, new renter market, um, the mechanism can also be leveraged for multifamily projects and community solar. Wow, that's uh, that's remarkable. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about this. Is there a question that you would have liked the attendees to ask you or your fellow panelists on the session? Yes. So the question I would like to have uh, attendees ask me, not necessarily during the session, but just anytime in the future is, hey, Gwen, how do we implement an on-bill financing program in my state? Um, And the reason for that is because I think it'd be great for um, to know that other states and other utilities are looking to implement an on-bill financing um, program. Also, another question I would love the attendees to ask me is, hey, can you connect me to a green bank that serves uh, their region, um, because uh, like like the Hawaii Green Infrastructure Authority, there are green banks nationwide that can serve as the uh, third party lender for this program so that we leverage the strengths of the utility to provide power and we leverage the strengths of the green banks to provide financing. Very exciting. Very exciting. And going off script here a little bit, I'm just wondering, what is your expectation for on-bill financing nationwide? I mean, you alluded to you like it when people ask you about how they can set it up in their state. Are are you seeing a groundswell of activity across the country and on-bill financing for renewables? Yeah, you know, so ESSI with Miguel, they've been working nationwide um, to promote on-bill financing. Most of the utilities that have adopted it are the smaller rural utilities. And so we'd like to see the larger utilities um, also adopt on-bill financing. I know it's a little bit complex and a little bit harder for larger ones. Um, In Hawaii, as you know, Josh, um, the Hawaiian Electric Companies, is our larger utility. It, it has about 95% of the state's rate pairs. And so it, you know, it took a while uh, for us to get through the um, programming of it just because of the complexities, but I think it serves a greater mass um, so that it can um, scale for more rate pairs. 
That's great, uh, great news to hear. And it, it, it seems to me it's a, a fundamental mechanism for the democratization of energy, if I can use such grand terms. All right, that was Wen Yamamoto Lau, Executive Director of HGIA. Thank you so much, Gwen, for that amazing uh, interview and those great insights. We're heading over now to Lavanya, and she is with Vote Solar. Very excited to get into this. Okay, well, welcome uh, back to the green room. We're here with Lavanya Blavito Barrera, Access and Equity Program Manager at Vote Solar. So good to have you on the show, uh, Lavanya. Thanks for having me. Okay, well, I'm really excited to talk to you. You know, when we talk about equity in, in energy, that's an area that's a particular passion of mine. We just had, by the way, a Hawaii Energy Conference. That was the uh, theme of the actual entire conference with equity and energy. So I'm interested to hear about this session, Equity and Justice, Thoughtful Partnerships with Communities. Uh, can you tell me what key insights do you hope attendees took away from your session? Oh, yeah. Well, myself and my other two panelists, Ian Motley from SEPA and Jen Bristol from SIA, we delved into what each of our organizations is interested in as it relates to energy equity and what we're doing. Um, and I think I my hope is that attendees really got the message that the time's to act is now. Um, you know, if the trade associations are on board and we're seeing movement from developers and utilities uh, towards more equitable outcomes for communities, I think that's a sign that more people need to join this fight and need to really throw their efforts behind increasing access to the technologies that we're um, promoting. When we think about equity and energy, it can be kind of a nebulous term. Uh, just to go off script a little bit, if you don't mind, I, I wonder what sort of some tangible examples maybe that you could share with us. Yeah. So for us, we really care about reducing energy burdens, for instance. So the percentage of someone's income that they pay um, towards their utility bills, we care about increasing access to solar. So looking at expanding legislation that enables community solar, because um, we see that and know that community solar is a more feasible option for folks that are renters, um, folks that might not have the ability to install rooftop solar. Um, and oftentimes, community solar is the best way to get access if you live in an environmental justice or low-income community. Um, we're also talking about resiliency now and what does it look like to support frontline communities that are going to face uh, more impacts from climate change, reliable power. So equipping community centers and the like with uh, solar plus storage, for instance. That's so exciting. Let's check in on another question here. Is there a question that you would have liked our attendees to ask you and your fellow panelists on this session? Yeah, I think uh, I would have loved to have a couple of folks reach out and ask where they can plug in today to advance um, energy equity. So I think about Vote Solar's work in New Jersey right now. We're trying to get a piece of legislation passed called the New Jersey Clean Energy Equity Act. Um, I think about our work in New Mexico where we're trying to pass community solar legislation. Um, so, yeah, I, I really want people to be intentional about reaching out to the people that are doing the work to expand that access and bring in more populations. 
That's pretty exciting. Okay, uh, let's see. One last question. Is there a unique question that we could ask you that would be something new for our attendees to hear on the topic of solar and storage or, or on the topic of anything related to this stuff? I think the question of what is our role as either a developer, an advocate, a utility, what is our role in transitioning to 100% clean energy and ensuring that that transition is just and equitable? I think as an industry, we're all very used to playing our part um, as it has been. But as the grid changes, our climate changes, our population dynamics across the country change, we're going to have to change how we do our work and the kinds of issues that we tackle. So as more and more conversation around um, energy equity is also tied to immigration and um, racial justice, it's important for us to be having the conversations of how we adapt to address these other issues that are related to equity and energy. It's so good to hear uh, that perspective and those ideas. I I personally feel that uh, the work that you're doing is instrumental in the the shift and the march toward the new energy economy. And there's so much inherent value in renewable energies and making sure that it it finds its way to all members of our society is is absolutely huge. So thank you for the hard work. We really appreciate it. Uh, Okay, well, this has been Lavanya Pulavito Barrera, Access and Equity Program Manager at Vote Solar. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, And aloha. Thank you. Okay, we're going to head over uh, to the studio now. Josh, man, it feels like old times having you back in the studio. This is, uh, I love it. It just feels like we're right back in SPI, right in the middle of our virtual trade show, where in truth, we're all missing a little of that warmth and coziness where we'd normally be getting together, having a beer and catching up. Well, yeah, Nico, I mean, we've got one more week, though. To go in this year's microconference lineup, we're rounding it out with the EV connection. That's right. This upcoming week is the long-awaited EV International. And EV International is a new addition last year for SPI and Energy Storage International. And they are really doing things right now. And it's exciting to see all the great content. Monday and Tuesday from 2 to 4, we've actually really got some heavy hitters weighing in on the roadmap for electric vehicles in North America. Why don't we take a look at the schedule? On Monday, we're going to kick things off with a comprehensive EV roadmap led, of course, by Erica Myers from Smart Electric Power Alliance. And Mr. Chris Nelder is going to make an appearance there from Rocky Mountain Institute, along with some amazing other guests uh, in that session. And we're going to round out the day about the triple win strategy for getting EV charging out in the market. Siemens, NLX, Pies, Lusol. Monday is an, a star-studded lineup. Yeah, 100%. And we've got Tuesday, uh, some great sessions as well. And 2 p.m., not on my dime, equity in electric transportation. Moderator Jenna Canseco from DNVGL. Uh, looking Really looking forward to that. And then, of course, at 3 305-ish, we have If You Charge It, They Will Come. What a great title. Uh, <laughs> moderator Sarah Raffleson from EVGO. Good stuff out there, Nico. Yeah, that's going to be a power pack panel right there with three big utilities, public utilities that are tagging in on how the charging infrastructure is coming along. I'm going to be watching it and looking forward. But Josh, it feels like the end of an era. It's kind of like the last day of SPI. Is that all? <laughs> is, this, is this the best we have to look forward to? 
Well, I was uh, surprised to learn that the uh, the exhibit hall is going to be open through the end of the year. So it looks like we have uh, carte blanche to, to, to create more trouble in the next couple of months. Nico. I can't wait, man. We got to create a couple of uh, at least at least some happy hours. We'll, we'll feature maybe the Kona Brewing Company or something. What do you think? There you go. There you go. Or, uh, yeah. So we, uh, don't forget you can win that DJI drone in our on the horizon giveaway brought to you by Ideamatic. Did I say that right, Nico? Ideamatic. That's right. Ideamatic. Uh, just, <laughs> just head to www.mysuncast.com forward slash SPI 2020 and click on the drone pick and we'll take care of the rest. Uh, good luck, everybody. I know I'm going to be able to go out there and, and, and try to win that drone. I don't think Nico has an opportunity to do it, though. No, that's as they say, uh, employees can't win. But uh, Josh, I wish you all the best. Well, you all as well can not only enter into the giveaway, but you can be a part of the conversation as so many of you have over the last several weeks. Share your takeaways using hashtag SPI Suncast. We'll be right back here in this studio next Friday, only this time special. We're going to be live. So we won't have all the accoutrements of our broadcast studio, but we'll be coming to you live, Josh, myself, and a few special guests. I'm going to be looking forward to it. We'll be rounding out what have been a phenomenal seven weeks of the SPI 2020 Virtual Conference and Trade Show. Until then... I'm Nico Johnson. And I'm Josh Porter, signing off. Hey there, Warrior. Well, that's a wrap on the weekly roundup. I'm so glad that you tuned in. And if you are so inclined, why don't you check out the other Tactical Tuesday of our Two for Tuesday this week with Andy Foote that also dropped today. I hope that you'll enjoy that one. Insights into how to game the LinkedIn algorithm and so many other goodies on LinkedIn. As well, this coming Thursday, I'd like for you to check out our interview with Arch Rao, CEO and founder of Span.io. If you have been watching home tech and the web-enabled and tech-enabled home space, the startups there are raising money like crazy and Arch and Span had a phenomenal raise back in February. He and I talk about it and the progress they've made since then on this Thursday's episode of Suncast. And hey, if you've been wondering how you could partner with Suncast, just like LG did to bring us this weekly roundup, then I would love for you to go over to mysuncast.com and click on the sponsors link. We do keep a running list of all those who've sponsored before us and we invite you to join them. Thanks again to our sponsors who help make this and all our other podcasts possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. Mm-hmm.